and we're back. We're back. Two percent. Two percent. The kid is here, Harry Ray, with my uh, Kiambu. Kiambu, and we got Ro Coleman. Ro Coleman got us a special guest today. Um, came in with me, 2016, um, from USA Baseball. The the man that made the Vandy Boys Matra, he he kind of took it and ran with it and blew it up. My man, Brooks Webb. What's up, baby? How we doing? What's up, guy? <laughs> man, you told me I'd be sitting here with you three in 2016. Yeah. I, I would have yeah. laughed hard. Yeah. Harry, Harry, Harry barely even knew how to speak back then. Look yeah. at me now. Look at me now. He don't know how to speak. Hey, it, he's still it, took, suspect. it took his dad over here to pull him along the way for Whoa. a couple of years. That. But it's yeah. true. But here we are. Here he is. Guys on. are looking good. I tell you that. Appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate you coming back. Of course. Yeah, man. So at the 2%, man, kind of just give us a. You played baseball in college, and then the transition to USA Baseball, and then the Vanderbilt. So, kind of walk us through that that journey of those three spots. Yeah, I mean, I think from a you know from a college perspective, you know, going through high school and playing, it's like just like just like you guys, you want mm-hmm. to play at the the highest level you could um, from a college perspective. And I was smart enough to identify pretty quickly I wasn't good enough to play at a place like Vanderbilt. So I was like, you know, what's the you know what's next? Is yeah. that a mid major? Is that Division two, Division three, um, Birmingham Southern College, which from Birmingham, about thirty minutes south, um, had been a it's kind of a unique story. But they were a Division one program up until I guess two thousand six, and they had the only school that's been at the time had gone from NAIA to NCAA Division one mm-hmm. to NCAA Division three. Won an NAIA national championship in '01, yeah. so they had a lot of history. Really good facilities. had had a few guys, a lot of guys in professional baseball, a couple mm-hmm. of big leaguers, and they were in the process of transitioning to Division Three. So my group was actually the first team that was, you know, was at that Division Three level. So it was a team of all freshmen. So if you can imagine, you know, imagine yeah. in college, you yeah. know, that's one of those things where you. You know, you form your brothers right there because you're all going mm-hmm. through the same thing, yeah. and you're kind of watching leadership form with people that are just like you. And I think that was um, a very unique experience. The head coach Jan Weisberg was actually with him, you know, this past weekend, and still easily one of my, you know, best mentors, but one of my best friends, and you know, really learned everything from him as far as just, you know, playing the game at a high level, um, but also was really one of the first leaders in my life outside of my parents, where it was like okay, I, I can take some things from him that I know I can employ, whether I keep playing, whether I don't keep playing, or whatever I get into. Um, and he came from the SEC. And I think that was another piece where being from SEC country, you know, when you're around excellence with all these schools, he played at Kentucky. He coached at Kentucky for a really mm-hmm. long time before he transitioned into becoming a head coach, you know, at Birmingham Southern. And um, he tried to run the program as much as you really could, um, you know, from that lens and from that perspective. Uh, and that was really my first kind of foray, you know, with that. And then, you know, I think at that point, you know, just like you guys, you know, everybody wants to play professional baseball, but the right. career comes to an end for all of us at mm-hmm. some point. And, you know, really it wasn't probably until, you know, maybe even three years in before I kind of keyed in on, I want to stay in sports. Didn't know if that was baseball, and, and initially it wasn't. Um, I think, you know, we all feel this a little bit too, right? You get a little burned out sometimes with it's something you've done every day mm-hmm. for, you know, 15 years. Um, got into sports. That was that was the career I wanted to get into. Uh, I was fortunate enough to work with IMG, um, which mm-hmm. – 
kind of taught me everything foundationally I needed to know about business. They had a great, you know, training program and, and really taught me how to communicate, how to email, how to talk on the phone, how to sell, um, all skill sets that I used, whether it was a USA, yeah. Vandy, you know, what I'm doing today on the agency side. But I think really, um, it, it took about six months before I was like, man, I missed the field. I miss being around it every day. I miss the game. And, um, you know, at that point it was like, okay, how do I navigate and figure out using my experience to get back onto the baseball side, which led me to USA, mm -hmm. uh, which ultimately led me, led me to Vanderbilt. But I've been very lucky. Um, I tell people all the time, like, you know, it is about hard work and it is about networking, but there's some luck involved too. And just like how you mm -hmm. catch certain breaks. And, you know, I've been a recipient of some good ones. I'm the first to first to admit that. But, um, you know, I think that's kind of <coughs> the story in a nutshell. How many years were you at USA? I was there. Um, you know, it's funny. I got married in December of 2012. So Lauren and I just celebrated mm -hmm. 10 years. Um, Congrats. You know, 10 years this Congrats. December, yeah. which was it's crazy to think about. But um, I interviewed for that job the day we got back from our honeymoon while she was in PA school. Mm -hmm. So I started that job. They offered it to me right after. And I started that job January of 2013 and was there through you know july or august of 2016 when i came to came to vanderbilt so you know i think you know looking back like we did long distance marriage during that time while she was finishing up pa school and like all the growth that took place both individually and relationally um was just very very unique from you know how much we grew but um, you know, that, that experience, the USA, I mean, you think about it and, and you've, you've all, you've all been affiliated with it in different forms or fashions, call it what it is. When you get a chance to represent your country on the field or in an arena in international competition, and even if you don't get that opportunity, but you're, you know, on a trials team or part of a tryout, like there's something special to that. It's not something you ever take for granted. And, and if you had told me, you know, at 20, I think I was 22, you're going to get mm. to be the director of the 15U national team at 15 years old, I, I would have, I would have yeah. laughed. So there's just no chance. Yeah. And, you know, I was probably over my skis to, to some degree. And there Figure was a lot, out. no doubt. Yeah. There was a lot of, <laughs> there was out. a lot of, uh, definitely a lot of grace that was given to me over, you know, over the course of that, that really that first year, just kind of being thrown into the fire. Um, but, you know, when you look at, when you look at when your career starts and like how it evolves over time, like there's just things that stick out and like that first summer really sticks out to me as far as, you know, we won a gold medal with that mm -hmm. team and there's several guys that, um, you know, have gone on to play in the big leagues and a lot of first rounders on that team as there should be from every, you know, every, you USA know, USA team. national yeah. team. Yeah. That's the expectation, right? Uh, I've won gold medals, I've lost gold medals and I've had guys that, you know, you look back and be like, I can't believe we didn't pick that kid. And there's some mm -hmm. you're like, wow, like, that guy really impacted the group at 15, but never amounted to much yeah. past that. So mm -hmm. you look back at all the stories and, you know, I think you, you really break it all down to me every summer, just trying to get a little bit better personally, making sure the team's in a position to compete for a gold medal. Um, that was great. But the piece that I always just, I, mean, I, I really hated about it was the finality of the summer Yeah, because you spend... You know, it's different at Vanderbilt, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's always tough. Finality is like, oh, just it's Terrible just tough shit. to deal yeah. with, man. It's tough. I remember coming home in nineteen. You know, after we, after we brought home the trophy, and like, I was like sad. You know, I don't yeah. know if you guys felt that, way, but I was like sad because I was like, man, tomorrow, like these guys are packing up, and like we we very well may not have everybody who's on this bus mm. together again, ever again. You probably yeah. felt that way in in you know fourteen, and and just it's just it's really difficult when you look at 
how much time you spend and invest, whether it's in your coaches or whether it's in your players. And, you know, I still have really close relationships. I try to stay in touch, as, as you guys know, with, yeah, you know, everybody yeah. from, you know, from my life, because I, I, I care about what they're doing and I want them to know I'm there for them. But you spend five weeks together in a hotel and internationally and travel mm -hmm. and all your meals. And, and when you're, yeah. I mean, when you're playing in Mexico yeah. or Panama or Japan, you know, mm -hmm. you're all you got, yeah. you, know, you got your yeah. 20 guys and you got your, you know, eight to 10 staff members and that's it. And then win or lose, you know, you play for a gold medal. It's usually six, 7 PM that night and your flights scheduled win or lose the next morning, very likely at mm -hmm. 6 AM you get back and everybody, you get to LAX or Houston or wherever it is, and boom, everybody disperses back to their home. And it's over. There's really no time to celebrate. Yeah. There's no time to mourn the loss. There's no time to, and you're dealing with 14 and 15 year old kids, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. educationally, like, like that might be the first, you know, real loss they've ever been a part of. And, you know, it's just, that always like stung me, you know, at the end, I think you, 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 you know, whether, you know, TOS and the experience, you know, I've talked about a lot of tournament yeah. of stars, it's um, it's a it's a tough deal, right? Uh, and I think when I ended up leaving USA Baseball, you know, somebody said, oh, "I can't believe you left there." It's like, well, one, leaving for for Vanderbilt, it's the you know, best <laughs> best college program. Yeah. Not not in, in in no way. I mean, USA Baseball, like, you know, I think anybody in their right mind would would want to work there Come and work now. for Team USA. But it wasn't like I was leaving to work for you know some second rate organization. Like I was yeah. more than excited about leaving for Vanderbilt. Um, but I was really excited about. <coughs> purely the relational piece of you get to invest in a young man's life and his family's life from the time you start recruiting him, maybe at 14 or 15 years old, which is yeah. when it's, you know, mm -hmm. where it's gravitated towards. And then you get to be a part of the process of not only their selection of a school, but when they get on campus and how you watch them grow from, you know, the freshman who's just getting bagged on at practice every day by every staff Training. member. No, practice is individual training yeah. so he's getting bagged on him in, in, in the cages yeah yeah and, and then when he goes out to take ground balls then he's getting bagged Still. on again but yeah and then you watch him and now look at him now progress year after year and you have people that you know not i mean you know evaluators mm. that say that guy will never play in field at vanderbilt mm. and then he goes on to you know make mm. the biggest catch in program history to yeah. send us the national title and come up with some of the biggest moments down the stretch and just you know you just watch the growth you know i don't want to this isn't this, isn't, <laughs> this, this ain't the harry ray show um <laughs> just, maybe just the harry ray minute but yeah hey, we could cut that you know that's yeah. fun right and mm -hmm. i think for all for all three of you guys you know just the progression of your life the impact and and really like what the word we talk about all the time right it's very hard the, the legacy team mm. you know the legacy team doesn't mean you have to win a national champion to mm. be a legacy team but i think when you look at legacy teammates it's like what type of what type of path and wake did i leave behind me for my time there and you know i've mm. told people a lot and, and ro and i've gotten to be so close i mean i was only with them for one season but mm. ro and i are as close as as anybody that that played there and you know i just think back of you know your versatility and how you really helped navigate, you know, in that 2017 season that, I mean, it was rough, right? There were, there were some really rough patches yeah. as we kind of navigated <laughs> through that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think for you in 19, yeah. the leadership you provided, um, yeah. you know, on and off the field. And I know mm -hmm. we'll get more into that team. And then, you know, Harry, obviously for you, it's just, you think back to from where you started and where it finished. But I tell people all the time, you know, one of the things I was most proud of is the fact that in 2020, when obviously, you know, season was ended and I think we were going to have as good a chance <laughs> as anybody ever to go back to back. Repeat. Uh, 
call it what it is. You know, you don't want to operate on ifs and buts, but that team is yeah. going to win it all again. Come on now. Uh, you know, you were Mr. Commodore, right? Yeah. And that was the, the male student athlete of the year that has nothing to do with on-field performance and everything to do with like how you're impacting your community. And I'll never forget, you know, you telling me, you know, after your exit meeting with Corbs and, you know, 17 ended and we lost that really good Oregon state team in super regional. And bullshit. I remember you, that, <laughs> those guys, I'll tell you what, man, those guys were <laughs> different. They were different. Was definitely different. When you we were watching different. them though, when you were watching them, did you think they were like that? Yeah, we, I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. Cause like we, we were watching film and we came down to the hotel and we watched film in the little, the breakfast room and we watched them like, they weren't, they weren't that small. The Holiday and Corvallis. Come yes. on now. I, I, knew, I knew they were. Like, like, I saw they were scrappy. Hold on, go, go back to what you said about the breakfast room. We were literally meeting in the Continental Breakfast area because yeah. the hotel did not have a meeting room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that says a lot. We were like closing the, yeah, closing the doors closing, and keeping yeah. the public out mm -hmm. so we could go over film. Yeah, But you're right. I mean, the, I, I could say like Nah, man, I, mean, I knew they was scrappy, but we was looking. I'm like, wow, we going to Omaha. Right, you know? But like, Fact. I don't know why you got that. I don't know where you got I, that I, from. I, because I, did it. I don't know where you got that from. I must have been watching the wrong thing. You know, but I was like, and, no, maybe, we got and we, we were trending too, because we you know we, no, were we were rolling. Because we, we, we had that we big dip Clemson, here, yeah. and then we were just trending upward. I'm like, I felt good about where we were. That I'm like, okay, like, yeah. it's going. I ain't think gonna be a steamroll. I thought it was gonna be a, well, good, a good three, a good yeah. weekend, basically. Well, that's right. I mean, that you team know. had that team had a lot of confidence. I mean, oh, Will Toffee was the hottest hitter on planet Earth in college or or big leagues, and you know, Dub had been rolling for weeks. And Raby mm -hmm. was pitching well, and yeah. I was like, "All right, we got we got a chance." Yeah, we, we I knew there was no yeah. doubt that you know we thought we had a chance. And those yeah. games, like I've gotten arguments with people over this, like those games were competitive, like until a point, like yeah. to like okay, the fifth yeah, or sixth inning. I thought yeah. they, I like they they yeah. jumped on us one game, but like we punched back. No, and we like, did punch back. Like it was I never remember. like there was never any rollover. Like there was fight to the very end. But mm -hmm. like if you really want to call it what it is, they didn't even throw some of their best arms in that series. We just flat out, you know, were a little bit overmatched there based on. Based on a lot of factors, but I think the biggest factors take nothing away from them. You know, crazy to think they did not win it all. Yeah, and I would take our 2019 team over them every day yeah. of the week. But that was a very, very good team that, that we ran into. I mean, their record, they had fundamentally, they like I had never like seen four a team, losses. They yeah. had four losses. They never four made a mistake. Yeah, like literally, they didn't make yeah. any mistakes. It was just like, bro, what did like no. What's going and on? And that environment, you know, everything that went on with the Friday night pitchers, yeah. you guys probably remember. Uh, yeah. And it, it was, was just, the, you know, emotionally, like that place was charged up. Yeah. Yeah. That's as close <laughs> to a, you know, I think probably as close to an SEC environment as, as you, you know, could, we yeah. as we could get at that point. And we played there again in, in 22, and, and it wasn't quite, you know, the team was still good, but it wasn't quite that. Um, but, yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was one of those years where you look back and, you know. Anywhere else. Anywhere Send else. Anywhere, anywhere else. Anywhere else, yeah, that's that's probably true. Um, but that was, uh, you know, that was, that was my yeah. first year. So in a way, like you think back to, that was like the first taste of, you see how hard it is to get <laughs> to mm -hmm. the college world series. You know, you see how hard it is, but, yeah. um, I, I remember coming back from that trip and, um, you know, we had a charter flight back, which was like, you know, another thing that like we learned, we learned this year, you know, cause the NCAA books all your travel in the postseason, a lot yeah. of it's out of your control. Um, 
you know, we learned this year, like it's, not, it doesn't always go as easy as like, there's a plane waiting for you when it's over. We, you know, we had to go through that process coming back from Corvallis after losing in the regional final. Um, they, you know, they were like, we're going to split your group up and fly out of Portland over the next like 12 hours. It's like, nah. no, you're not, we're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. That's not how we roll. Not because yeah. we expect anything because we stay together as a group. That's, That's just yeah. what we do. It's what mm-hmm. we always do. Um, so navigating through that. But I think back to the positive of that was, you know, you know, coming off of, you know, everything that happened in the 2016 season and, but just getting to be together at the end, it was the first time I felt that finality. Mm. First time I realized how hard it was to get to the college world series because I hadn't been through it. Um, and you see that we needed to get better, which we all knew. And then going through exit meetings, you know, not necessarily just with me, but f- experiencing like, okay, like this guy's a senior and he's moving on. And, but I remember you saying to me, like, I'm staying here. And I want to make an impact on the community. I don't know what that looks like yet, but I'm going to stay here and like, I'm gonna make an impact. And I think that's what it gets back to for me is just watching guys do that in so many walks of life from our program. You know, certainly it's easy to point to professional baseball with all the players that are in it, all the players that work in it, but everything that, you know, so many guys are doing that you just, you know, that, that word pride can sometimes come off as conceited, but I take a lot of pride in just that the program and everybody that's ever been a part of it well before me, well after me, does in arming young, you know, young men to go out and succeed in whatever it is they want to do. And I think mm-hmm. that's 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 where I really, from my Vanderbilt experience, look back and what are you most proud of? It's easily the guys and the relationships yeah. and and the weddings and the weddings yeah. we get to go to. The wedding. <laughs> Nobody loves yeah. a wedding more than this Stop guy. Say, this Holy man is so cow. different hey, at a king. wedding, Just bro. Just call me the king. <laughs> but now, just talking about a little bit on um, the finale a little bit, uh, you can feel it. You know, I guess it doesn't really hit you into like your last year, because even in that 17 year and we lost to um, those boys, Corvallis, probably the first time I seen a lot of the older guys like shed tears, you know. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. obviously I was sad, but it wasn't like, I don't know, it was tough, but it was, like I knew I was coming back, you know. And but also then fast forward to eighteen, you got the um, Mississippi State coming town. That one hit. That 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 hit a little different, you know. uh, Especially um, just the the team that we had and whatnot, you know. But in the midst of all that, talk about corpse a little bit, you know, because we have so many meetings and the times that he'll talk to us on the bus in the classroom prior to a game, Mm -hmm. and he can feel something happen like. Especially in nineteen, we had, like, had something special, and he never dropped a tear. But he like he would come so close to dropping a tear, and he mm-hmm. would like never drop a tear. You know, I remember uh, in Omaha, and probably like two games before we get to the the championship mm-hmm. or so, and when the meeting he's talking, he's like, just enjoy this, you know, like, enjoy it, you know, it's it's a special group, and I forget everything that he said, but like. You see him get kind of like chuckled up a little, mm-hmm. little bit. I'm like, dang, bro, you gotta make me cry, you know? Mm-hmm. And we ain't done playing yet. But it just speaks to like how, you know, how far we come since August all the way till now, you know? And, um. Hey, Doug, what's the question? No, it's not a question. It's not a question <laughs> at all. Like, Damn. It's not a question. I thought I was long. Uh, no, I'm saying it's not a question. I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking uh, go on. Go ahead, bro. Keep reminiscing. No, that was it. You're good. No, I was just speaking on like just that experience, you know? Uh, Facts. Well, I mean, I think you make a good, I mean, you make, yeah. I hear you because like you tie that into finality. It's like mm-hmm. you may be two wins from a national championship, but yeah. you know, it's coming to an end. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's coming exactly. to an end. Like I remember losing game one 
you know, losing game one to Michigan. Yeah. Now, I knew in my head, like, it's easy to say this now, but I remember telling Lauren over Christmas break, you know, 2018 going 19 season, I was like, this team is going to win the national title. Mm-hmm. I, I remember telling her that, and she remembers me saying that. And I think she also probably remembers me coming in the room after we lost Michigan, and, you know, I'm, I don't handle losing well. I think you guys certainly know that. You know, I worked, worked yeah. with and for someone who doesn't handle losing well. Yeah. You guys played for. Um, that's just some people's DNA. But I was really, really calm after that Michigan loss. I wasn't necessarily surprised. Like when you get to the national title game, anything can happen. Michigan was as hot as anybody had ever been in college mm-hmm. baseball, and they're a talented team. But I remember like getting to the room, you know, had the post game meal, and I just kind of sat down on the bed and like, you know, she was, you know, I remember her saying like, "You all right?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." And I was like, "We'll, mm-hmm. we'll respond tomorrow." And I was like, "I was like, but at the end of the day, I was like, I think what I realized." going through the college world series was and it was hard because you want to win a national title you get that close and we felt it in 21 like you get that close and you're just like nobody's sitting there saying like well we already won the last one it's like no 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 like you're you're pissed Mm -hmm. and you're upset and it hurts it really really hurts um i don't know if the hurts that different than like thinking back to like the 2018 super regional Mm. um like i think like to me all all hurts are the same when it comes to losses um when there's something on the line and when you see the emotion that comes from the kids and comes from the players like that, that like absolutely mm. rips me apart. Like to the point now where like, I can't even, I just like try to find somebody to put the, put my arm around and like, cause if I look around, I might lose it too. Yeah. Um, but I remember thinking after that Michigan loss, like these guys and everything they've done, you know, we were at what 57 wins at that point, won the sec regular season, won the sec tournament, even though that ball might've been foul. No, still, we, we still, <laughs> yeah. we, we know. We hey, still, man. hey, we still would have come back though. We didn't need, yeah, we didn't like need, said, we didn't need help. I mean, yeah. it, it topped off the did three Harry doubles call, for me, but did Harry call for review in the first inning when the guy came off the bag? He didn't. Did. Anyway, anyway, hey, see, I don't think we can. Back. Okay, all these things these guys have done, all the issues that teams have that we didn't have. Yeah. You know, it was just there was no drama that year. There's mm-hmm. no off the field problems. The grades were outstanding. The leadership was even better like we traveled well we trained well guys practiced well on their own all of those pieces mm-hmm. they just aligned yeah. and i remember thinking and saying they don't need a championship to define like what this year means and it didn't mean i was accepting defeat because yeah. i knew we would respond but i do remember thinking kind of talking through that in my head of like where you know two years prior i would have been probably you know throwing something or kicking a chair i'm like yeah. oh my gosh like we're gonna you know mm-hmm. can't believe we lost game one but and that's exactly what happened. You know, we came back the next day and Rock did what Rock does. And, Ridiculous. you know, the most underrated pitcher in Vanderbilt history, Mason Hickman, comes in. Oh, and facts. Really, though? Nobody, no doubt. Yeah. Comes in and just throws an absolute haymaker next next day. And, um, you know, that team was just – it's hard. You know, you don't – because every year tells a story. That team was really special. You've played on some special ones. Um, and, and they're special teams throughout all of – you know, mm-hmm. Corb's time at Vanderbilt, where you look back and you think about, and he said it in the, um, you know, the celebration, you know, deal we had after when we got yeah. back in the football indoor, but like every step positive or negative, whether it was like losing in a super or like teams that enabled the door to be knocked down for the next team. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And it was true in 19. It's like, if we hadn't taken like those absolute gut punches from Ole Miss in the SEC tournament, it was really the first time all year where we were like, okay, so if we want to win a title, we're going to have to dig out Just from a, a, what most people would think is an insurmountable hole. 
And we did it. We just kept fighting. We got it done. It's an incredible comeback. But then we lose to Duke. If we hadn't lost to Duke... What was the score of that Duke game? Like 107 to 1. <laughs> right. We talked about that on another podcast, but yeah. That's, yeah. No, yeah. it was tough. Um, that was tough. But but that was the other thing, too. It, like, I think about all of those moments and times, and, like, you put yourself back into into your shoes, and, you know, that game was, like, you know, I think we, like, traded, like, we traded runs to yeah, make it was start. Cool. It was yeah. like, okay, it's yeah. going to be a shootout. Yeah. And then, like, they, like, they, they jumped just, out. And it, it was, was like, like one okay. inning, they just took off. I was like, whoa. But in a way, you remember thinking back, like, oh, this is like Ole Miss. Like, we'll just, we'll, we'll hit mm-hmm. our way out of it. And then mm-hmm. it became clear, like, we ain't hitting our way out of this. Oh, it's not going to happen. Like, tonight, you know, good, thing, good thing this isn't winner take all. But I do remember the same feeling after that game that I felt in the bunk with Ole Miss just there's no flinch there's no panic like the eyes didn't get big you hear that at the professional level a lot right mm-hmm. you have these young players that whether they're first second year rookie of the year finalists whatever that they perform well all year when the stakes are you know just mm-hmm. right there and then when the stakes take it up a notch they start gripping the bat tighter and you look around during bp and their eyes are big or they change their routine they change who they are mm-hmm what happens they don't contribute to the success of their team and very well their team could lose and it is what it is um you know it's like why you know why i think dansby always steps up in the big moments right doesn't matter what he's done over the course of the year the heartbeat's steady and it doesn't matter if it's game six of the world series or if it's game one or game 50 of the regular season and he trained and was a part of environments like that where he knew what it took and he's one of many guys we could mention but like duke looking around the dugout after i think there's even like a shot on espn because demarco and maybe ethan or i don't know who all was in it but like they kind of like they kind of just like laughed at each other like well like yeah. we, we said that last episode yeah it was like man, we we're ass beat. but it was like it wasn't funny but it was like shit and you know and to the next one and you know i i always you know you know, just because you, you don't want any possums walking through the locker room, right? So you yeah. try to keep keep them yeah, out of the locker yeah. room. But gotcha. I remember walking through because we started to do media. And I think we had to go get a player. So, you know, that's really the only time I'll go in there is right after. Mm-hmm. And I remember going through the mudroom to get somebody right before we walked with Corbs. And um, I don't even remember who it was, but I do remember going in there really quickly. And, like, it wasn't celebratory. Like, there was, like, but there was, like, Music playing, not loud. You, you, you probably hit the Bluetooth. If I had to guess, you probably on it. But it was just like you know, like like from a from a temp temp level standpoint. Like, are the guys panicked? Are they pissed? Are they upset? It wasn't that because I hate you know after loss. You know, you out the concourse and guys are with their girlfriends, their parents, they're giggling, have a good time. It's like guys, we just lost a Friday night game. Like you know, you have to be able to separate it. Mm -hmm. You gotta, but you also gotta have some awareness. But in the locker room, like I remember after losses when I played, it was like you pack your stuff and get the heck out. Mm-hmm. And you know, for you guys, it was just like, okay, there was a steadiness cool. of we are going to come back tomorrow, we're going to win, and everything we want still in front of us. So whether it was a one nothing loss mm-hmm. or nineteen to three, we're gonna win. And I think that was like the that was the story of the season. There's no question. Facts. Yeah, man. 100%. Let's transition a little bit. I want to baseball operations was your official title at least my my years that I was there Mm -hmm. you know so kind of give us you know the things that went on behind the scenes that we didn't know about because 
I know anything that went wrong, the players, we just blamed you for everything. You yeah. Know? Brooks. Brooks is Brooks. Brooks didn't tell us. No matter what it was, it could not be in his title, but like it's Brooks' fault regardless, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Um, Comes with the territory. Yeah. So, kind of tell us about all the moving parts that happens, you know, behind the scenes that kind of makes us, you know, do what we do. What we do. Yeah. Well, I think... One, you, you know, you know that's what you're signing up for. You mm-hmm. know, when you're in charge, of all the details that you know yeah. ultimately off the field impact the team. Like I always approached it, you know, from the first year, the first fall, where we were resourced at a completely different level than we are yeah. today. Um, but how do you make? How are you able to make the coaches coach better and the players play better and be able to focus on what they need to focus on academically? Mm. And to me, that gets back to like I always treated it of everything I was responsible for, like that was my game day. Those are my competitions, whether it was a meeting or, hey, we wanna raise funding for this, or we wanna uh, do graphics here that tells this story, how we recruit, you know, when you're bringing in, you know, bringing in kids official visit weekend, like what's important to them. Um, And that, that, that takes money, right? So that takes, you know, it takes money, it takes time. I think it takes a competitive mindset, but it, it certainly was not just me. I mean, the support staff has, continued to add great people really since the fall of 16 but i think it did it did obviously have to start with a mindset from the top of you know i remember corbs kind of the first week i was there kind of saying like spend the first two three months just listening you know he says it all the time to freshmen right it's like the best Mm -hmm. thing you can do is keep you know close the mouth open the ears and when it comes time to speak like you'll have acquired a lot of knowledge and be able to to do that and that's what I wanted to do is just kind of figure out, okay, where is this program right now? And where do I feel like, you know, where, you know, where I came from with USA baseball, where can my mindset maybe help it and where are areas I need to learn about and what do I really need to figure out of like, this can help our guys right now. Cause that's what mm-hmm. it got back to. And so after three months we sat down and I said, tell me about this. This is what I see here and going through all these areas. And what I, I think I found, and you can attest to this is just, I felt like there were, a lot of really good people within the athletic department and, and within the university, but not everybody understood that what they did on a daily basis impacted the kids, impacted you guys on a daily basis and whether we were successful or not. Yeah. That's winning and losing. Mm-hmm. And that goes for every department. So I kind of said that to Corbs and, and I remember him saying like, well, then we need to get them there. We need to hmm. get those departments and those people there. And I was like, okay. And I kind of took that as a directive of like, hold everybody that impacts our program, whether it's in 1%, 2%, or 100% capacity, if they touch our program, they need to be thinking the same way that Corpse thinks. They need to be thinking the same Mm. way this senior outfielder thinks, Mm. the director of operations thinks, the freshman thinks, and that's, we know where we want to get to. That's, we want to be in the Midwest, the end of the year, competing to raise a trophy. And if you're not thinking that, there may not be a place for you to help our program. And like, that may sound harsh. No, it's real. But that's, but how that's it the was. world, man. Yeah. Like that's the world. And that's professional baseball, right? Yeah. You guys have all yeah. lived it. So um, those were areas I just wanted to attack mm-hmm. right away because there's just so many things. I mean, we could talk for, and we won't, we could yeah. talk for five hours about like boring stuff, mm-hmm. but that impacts a, a very big piece of what the student athlete experience is. Cause you joked, you said it, yeah. like, you guys think like, ah, oh, man, they just, they just get us our per diem. And so as oh, long yeah. as we get our per diem on the road, Brooks did his job. Hey, where's our per diem? Like, <laughs> where's my per diem at, Brooks? Where's that hit. per diem at? Man, are you sure we can't get more per diem? Hey. Hey. 
you, you guys acted like per diem was something that like, I just like sat down in front of a whiteboard and was like, you know what, this week I want to give Harry Ray $120 in per diem, but Boo pissed me off last week, so he's only seven. getting 80. I got seven, hey Brooks, come on bro. And then some of you guys would get like overpaid on per diem and then, and then it gets adjusted the next week and you're like, I got shorted. It's like, no, 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 you had too much last week because you didn't travel or whatever yeah. it was, mm -hmm. but you know, yeah. those are those are those are fixed numbers, gentlemen, based yeah. on days, uh, meals. We, we didn't know. At the yeah, time. we didn't know. Of at the course, time. we don't know. No, I, you know, Chandler Day, who's one of my all-time favorites. I remember yeah, he popped off. I think like after a loss or something about per diem, and I was just, I was just I mad. I, I was as mad as I could have been. Yeah, and I think like. I think Corb's like overheard us talking or something like that. Remember in the classroom, he, he said something the next day yeah, about yeah, okay, yeah. Or, uh -huh. um, and Chandler's like, I mean, so close with him and right. I talk to Chan every week, but like, I remember thinking like, oh man, like Chan's going to be pissed. And like, we just had a good laugh about it the next day and mm -hmm. it was good. But you know, it's, it's, uh, there are so many things and, and you think about the expansion of the support staff and, and really trying to model it like a professional organization mm -hmm. on the field, off the field, academically, uh, you know, what we do from an operations standpoint, but, you know, Corbs told me it was definitely that first fall. And, um, I think it was, you know, what I always admired about him is that he, he could have stepped away from this game a long time ago. He's got all the wins in the world. He's got enough money, you know, whatever you want to say, people yeah. are motivated by, I guess the point of retire. But I remember him saying to me, you know, he was like, you know, you're kind of wired like me, Brooks. He like, you don't even think about the R word. I was like, he talking about and he was like retire and he's like standing there in his baseball pants because that was like kind of how we got on the topic because i think i asked him it's like the first day of fall training and yeah you know suited. when you start training yeah. and you show up at the office yeah, you know full pants in the morning you know it doesn't matter what time it is if he's there yeah. and like he's already worked out and showered and he's ready for the day like he's ready for the day which yeah. means he's ready for training mm -hmm. and so he had his baseball pants on and i think i probably asked him like you know naively like you filming a video or you hit with somebody or yeah. what's going on? And, and he, I, I, I remember he said, you know, when I come in here every day, I act like somebody's trying to take my chair. Mm -hmm. Somebody's trying to take my chair. So I always, I tell people that all the time. I've even like, people mm -hmm. probably think it's like my own, you know, my own comment, but it's not, it came from him because like, that's how he approaches every day. Yeah. He approached it then from the day I walked in till the day, you know, you know, I transitioned to the next thing, you know, this fall, but that's how he approached it. And like, that was, that was important to me to make sure if he's doing that from up top mm, and he, cause yeah. he's not a leader that's not leading from out front. If anything, he's locked arms and he's going to be on the front line. You guys know that. Mm -hmm. um, that's just how he is. So if he's acting that way, how can anybody that impacts it, you know, on a two or three day a week basis, not have that same mindset? We got to get him to think that way. I remember him having a meeting and he told us about that. And he kind of what you just said, he, uh, he said that his job is, is rented, you know? Yeah. You know, even though we know as players, like, like you solidified, but like in his mind, he just like, when I sit in that chair, that. it's like, it's not my chair. It belongs to, to yeah. David Williams. It belongs to Kenneth Owens. It belongs to the, the university. It's not my chair. You know? Kenneth Lee. Kenneth Lee, I'm sorry. Kenneth Lee. And like, this is, it's rented, basically. And so, um, so that, that lets us know that, hey, every day, like, compete, yeah. compete, 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 you know. But do you, do you remember, um, t t tell us, did you have, like, any big, mess ups that we didn't know about it was like the players you know uh any big mess ups well, i guess 
big mess ups would be like, did Corpse, did Corp, you know, it's not a mess up if Corpse didn't find out and you guys didn't find out. You know, that's just trying okay. to take care yeah. of it. Because I know in 2019. Okay, give us, because we all got off welcome to oh, yeah, Vanderbilt yeah, yeah. moments with Corbin. What was yeah. that first one for you? Um, Whether it was for you personally or you seeing him. You, you saw something like, oh, you like, oh, I'm not trying to be on that side. I knew you guys were going to ask, like, the tough was like, so how do you, like, not throw people under the bus? Like, you can't say name. Mm. I think the one, the, the one that really, the one that really sticks out to me, because um, I just think this story's funny, and he may not even remember, it was after a loss. Um, I know you remember the series, but A&M 19. Mm-hmm. Opening weekend, right? Opening, opening weekend, weekend we SEC just, yeah, play. We just talked about it. And uh, if I remember, we won Friday night. One Friday night. Yeah, we won Friday night, and we had a we had, we had a big lead Saturday, like a big lead like, Saturday. Everybody started chilling type lead Saturday. And they walked us off. Mm-hmm. They walked us off. And then Sunday, they just uh, beat our ass. What, Christian Roa, right-handed just pitcher, <laughs> like decelerating, great change up. Just a boom, boom. And just, and like fourth, fun. third, fourth inning, you're like, this isn't going well. No. We haven't made any hard contact. Like, you know, it was, yeah, like, it was just you kind of knew where it was headed. You could feel it. You know, we've all been a part of this game. You could feel it. And, uh, you know, College Station. So we took a charter flight. And uh, I get a text, and I think like the fourth inning. And it's from our charter provider. And uh, they're no longer our charter provider, if that tells you any indication of where the story's going. <laughs> but I get a text, and they said, um, hey, this is so and so with so and so company. Just want to give you a heads up that uh, your plane's going to be delayed. It's like, you know, and, and the charter business is not easy, right? Yeah. It's like, it, and that's another piece, like, not to bore you with the details. Sometimes your plane stays there. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they have a trip before you. It's really no different than commercial, but you're just paying a heck of a lot more for it. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, like, okay, like, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever. And they're like, ah, it's going to be probably closer to, like, three hours. <laughs> and I just was like, yeah, that, that's, 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 that not, that's not going to work. So Casey Stangle's standing on my right and um, show her the text and, like, she turns pale and I'm probably pale and we're we're just getting smoked and Christian Rowe is fist, fist pumping on the way off mm. and you got the twelfth man above us just you know ragging on everybody and you're just like mm, this could this could be a tough conversation after the game so I go into the back they have, they have a, a yeah. nice visitors locker room so I text her like I'm gonna walk up and call you it's the middle of the game I'm I'm up there and I called him and I was like hey um, how you doing. Saw your text. That's not going to work for us. Mm. Um, you're going to need to find a way to, to get a pilot, new plane, whatever it looks like. And there's some naivety, like yeah. knowing that like she's she's just the middleman here. Yeah, she can't. She's not much. flying the plane. Um, and I said, it's just this is not going to just not going to happen. We we're going to have to get that bird in the air ASAP. <laughs> and she was like, um, you know, is everything all right? And I was like, yeah. Well, we're you know, as you can see, we're in College Station. Um, we're down by a lot. And uh, it's not going well, and the game's going really quickly. And it's funny because I think, I think, was it 16 when AM, I guess it's just college, college Station Voodoo, but the no hitter? Yeah. I think mm. I remember, yep. I think I remember mm. True Fan telling me the same thing because the game went so quickly, the plane just wasn't there in time because you have to give estimates of time. And, but this was not a 30 minute, this wasn't like the game ended in, in an hour 50 and you were just, no. what well, it was? It's a three hour delay. It's like, so anyway. Not gonna fly. Get that plane here. Where is it? And they said, um, "No, I won't say. I won't say the school." But it was a, it was conference basketball uh, tournament season. So mm, there's yeah. jets crisscrossing, and there was a basketball team uh, that was flying ahead of us. 
and they were she probably shouldn't have gave me these gave me this detail but she was like so-and-so basketball team had too much baggage so they had to unload the plane and like rescan the bags and like reload them to get work and i was like with all due respect like I don't really care. Leave that team and <laughs> wherever the heck they are. I don't think you understand me. Yeah. They won today. We're about to lose. Like, mm-hmm. this ain't gonna know. be a fun conversation. And and obviously she said that yeah, it's just not gonna happen. I'll push them. Like we'll do like a you know we won't fuel it fully. Like we'll look at all the avenues that we can get that can get the plane there a little bit quicker. And so Dude, fifth really inning happy. goes by, sixth inning goes by, seventh inning goes by. Like games get worse and worse. The temp is getting higher and higher. And by temp, I mean like the pressure, yeah, in, the, pressure. in the bunk, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I get a text, and she's like, "Earliest we can get it there is like two and a half hours." It's like I think we gained like thirty <laughs> minutes. So I'm like, "Uh oh, we had a nice, you know, we we had a nice, we had a nice barbecue spread being delivered to the field." Like you know, if, if, I do if, remember that. Yep. If we had taken care of business, could have been a really nice, very been nice a really nice, really nice yeah. plane ride home. I and mean, we had brisket, I and mean, we had the whole deal. I mean, just it was going to be really nice, but it wasn't. And so seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning rolls around. And, I, and we did, I mean, we, 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 those were the worst we played all year was probably that day. Like that easily all phases yeah. of the game. I think we just imploded. Mm-hmm. And Ugly. I mean, when you talk about team up 59 and 12 or whatever it was, like to think that was yeah. the day you played the worst for your plan to be two and a half hours late, three mm-hmm. hours late, not good. So Casey was like, you want me to tell him? And I was like, I'll tell I gotta him. Gotta do this one. <laughs> so, you know, he sits there at the end, waits up, and waits to talk to the team, which I love. I think that's another thing about him. Just I love that he, how he communicates directly after games, because there's just some emotion to that. Um, but he's really good about obviously keeping that in check. But how he speaks to the group, that's very important to him. And I, I love that. Not everybody does that. We're, we're lucky to have gotten to experience that. But I go and stand in front of him. He's writing his notes on his clipboard, and he hadn't called the whole group up yet which you know do and so guys are like kind of like do we wait around do we start yeah. packing up do we and so i go and kind of like stand in front of him where he can definitely see me like me to you and he's sitting on the bench and i'm standing here and i'm like waiting for him to look up and he kind of looks up at me and like we make eye contact and he keeps he keeps writing like want me to like you know my, like interrupt him yeah yeah and uh and like at the end of the day, like he he can move on. Like he's competitive and he handles losing tough, and he can move on from losses pretty quickly. But at the same time, like right after, it's like still you better, sore. It's still you better, fresh. You, it's still fresh for all of us. Like I'm 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 upset too. Um, I'm more upset about the plane than I am the yeah. loss. So I'm like, all right. At some point, I'm just gonna have to jump in here before he calls the group up because he needs to know like we're about to be delayed. Stuck here. And so he kind of looked up at me again, and I was like, Corp. And he's like, kind of, he's like, kind of gives me a head nod. So I like walk up to him and I said, uh, the, uh, the plane, it, it's, it's <laughs> I said, I said, the plane's going to be, uh, the plane's going to be late. And he goes, okay, why? Hmm. And I was like, all right. I said, uh, so-and-so basketball team, I was flying on it before us in this city they're supposed to drop them, come get us. They had a baggage issue. They're still on the ground there. It's probably going to be about two and a half hours. And he goes, really? I said, yep, two and a half hours. I said, so here's our options. We can uh, shower up. We got a great visitor. You know, I'm trying to go into sales mode at this point. They <laughs> got a great visitor's locker room in the back. And we let the boys shower. They can eat their post-game meal in there. And uh, 
we could just get on the bus and when you head to the airport, we'll just sit on the tarmac. And he just looks at me. Mm. And I was just like, okay. okay. And then uh, it's like, anything else? And he was like, so walk back, start packing my backpack up. And the next thing you hear, he's like, bring it up. And then everybody got together. Yeah. And, and uh, I remember him telling you guys, he's like, first off, you know, our plane's not here. <laughs> and he specifically said the team, I told him, he's like, because so-and-so basketball team, they have it, we don't, which is another loss today. And I'm like, <laughs> like what? And I'm like, come on. Yeah, I'm like, come on. And so then he walks through, obviously, some of the game notes and where we needed to get better. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we're all feeling yeah. pretty bad. And, and uh, we go back to the locker room and you guys all showered and got loaded up. But I remember me, him, and back sitting in the locker room after you guys had gotten on the bus. And just like, you know, you, you think about moving on to the next thing. Like, he's still talking about game notes. And then mm-hmm. I remember me, him and Bax and him saying something like, Hey, that meeting tomorrow at 10. I was like, Oh, he's starting to think about, he's starting to think about what's happening tomorrow, yeah. which is good. Like we can get him off this. And then, and he goes, is that playing here yet? And I was like, Mm-mm, it's not. I'm like, I think I'm gonna go to the bus and see what's going on out there. But anyway, we, we, yeah. uh, we made it, we got home safely. That's, yeah. a, that's all that matters. We but, did. um, yeah, that's, that's one that, that's that I, I joke about a little bit. Do you remember Top Golf? Oh yeah, I probably saw the text messages with you. <laughs> has that been, has that been has that been brought up on a is that, No, that has, nope, is that, it has not. I think that that might be a story in terms of a. Do you remember Top Golf? I don't think he was there. No, that, that was after that. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't there that year. Yeah, it was a uh, might be something that Coral doesn't even know about that happened. But like, no, he, he, there's no way he knows. Nah, because we, we all just we walked all in there, and he kind of just was like, "Oh, hey." So basically, <laughs> we had a golf, uh, top golf trip. You know, we took the bus, going there. Maybe about halfway through the ride, we were missing two people. I don't remember the second person. I know one was Jules. So it was Julian Fonte, and Julian, I think it was Pat. It was some nah. I'll tell that story too, but. uh no, I, I was on the bus. I was on the bus, but it, it was in, so there were two times, two, yeah. two people missing. I'm gonna tell you that one too. Um, <laughs> and we're talking to Brooks, and I'm like, "Dang, court, the four doesn't know yet." <laughs> I used to like four doesn't know. Let's get these guys here. Are they in an Uber? Nah, nah, nah. And so, uh, <laughs> like super panic mode, bro. Real one, man. Super panic mode. And so, um, luckily, like we we, boys, we, right? we, we we got there, and they were just able to just funnel in. Know without course noticing that they was there, but mm-hmm. I just remember that test message. But the the other part, um, well, I was late to the bus. Uh, might in Houston, Houston. We had one of those late games, finished mm-hmm. like one in the morning. Yeah, and the bus was at, at six, and we were flying to Cali, <coughs> flying to California, mm-hmm. and we get a knock at the door. Pat DeMarco's my roommate. We get a boom, 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 like heavy knock. Like, but who is this? You know, Pat's still asleep. I go up, I'm like, open door, and then Goody comes rushing in, just, Goody. What, are you, what are you guys doing? Like, everybody's on the bus already. And he's like, I'm like, Captain I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, bro, what you God. mean, everybody on the bus, bro? I'm like, sleeping my eyes. He's like, you see the time? I'm like, oh, wake Pat up. You know what I mean? I packed last night. Pat was, Pat was still packing his bag. You know, we get so, we rushing. 
We get on the bus, you know, of course, sitting at the front right there. And it's like, dang, <laughs> I got to get on the bus, you know? <laughs> so you I was like, probably better off not getting you, on the bus. I, did, I, did, I didn't want to. Your own man, life at that point. I did I'm like, bro, I still got sleep in my you know, and so I walk in, have my head down, I kind of just peek to the side, <laughs> like that. And I just kept on walking. And Pat still, Pat smiling a little bit, because he's like, dang, you know, Pat just being Pat, but... That was that was probably one of my scariest moments for and sure. And you're catching you're catching those eyes all yeah. The everybody way looking at you and everything. I'm like hey, all bro, the way back. What are you gonna do? I feel asleep. You bro. can do. You know <laughs> yeah. that one. Oh yeah. man, that top golfing was that was that was pretty. That was that was panic a little bit. There was a little that panic. Was, was top golf like when y'all start doing like the weekend trip where y'all stayed? Yeah, at the Omni and stuff no, like that. Was that. My, that was my no. Well, that it was one no. That's those. tied to that. So so we were. That was the fall trip that year. Because we had a lot of freshmen, we yeah, had freshman yeah. class, and we stayed at the Renaissance downtown. Mm-hmm. So it was the fall trip. We wanted mm-hmm. to black essentially, we essentially yeah. wanted to yeah, treat black, black and gold, and gold yeah. like a weekend series. How we travel, how we check into the hotel, how we go through pregame meetings, mm-hmm. every detail matters, right? Yeah. And we thought that was you know something that um, you know made sense for that group. And then we did a, uh, an outing the night before. I think after we did like the team training that night, and. Um, yeah, those guys got there, and I remember, I remember being in a bay and like thinking in the back of my head, like they're gonna walk in, like figure it out. Right. And I'm like, I think I'm I'm hitting, and I just see see those two guys come walking in, mm-hmm. slide right into like bay six and bay mm-hmm. seven, grab a golf club. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nobody knew. It's crazy. Yeah, being a part of that 2019 team to go to Omaha and win it. From just talk about <clears throat> that experience and how you felt when you all won it. Well, I think, I mean, in a way, you know, I think especially for a program that's, that's done it before and been on the doorstep even more times and has been to Omaha that many times, you know, like to me, it was just it, in a lot of ways, it's a culmination of, of so many people's like hard work, but just seeing like there's a difference in like, you know, sometimes like you win a game and like, you know, guys are happy. Some guys like fake joy, fake smiles. Yeah. They don't even really care. Like that was just like sheer <clears throat> joy on everybody's face, almost in a way of like I can't I think any team that wins a, a national championship or world championship, it's like I can't believe we did that. That's a pipe dream. Like national championship is a pipe dream for Vanderbilt. Like it, again, it's still a pipe dream, but when you've done it, you expect that you're going to put yourself in a position to do it again. Mm-hmm. So every year, 17, eight, it doesn't matter what year you, you think we can do that. Like we can be that team at the end. doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but that's just the way you think. Um, I used to tell people all the time, like in the athletic department that would mention, you know, the word Omaha, if they would mention during the season, be, ah, like we don't say that word. Like, like, like it's almost superstitious in a way of like, you don't know what it takes to get there. It's so like, don't mention it. Like you can say like at the end of the year, where we want to be, but like, don't use the old word. People would like be like, oh, this guy's, this guy's crazy. It's like, no, no I'm serious. So like, I, that's hallowed ground to me because of how hard it is just to get there and then you win it all. And just to see how, you know, you guys, you know, how you celebrate and like just, it just, it really is hard. It really is hard to describe um, especially like being on, you know, in 22 or 21, you know, watching somebody else do the same celebrating in front of you. Um, not still bitter, but, um, you know, it's like, no. it, it really is just such a, a cool feeling just to see, see how happy the team is and, and just knowing like the story that went into it, 
and like already knowing like this is the best team to ever do it in college baseball. It's just not even, it's just not even close. But then that obviously puts the, <laughs> you know, puts the icing on the cake and I'm, I'm sure I'm opening up a big can of worms, but you know, that was, you know, that was, that was really, really special thinking of from where we ended in 18 mm. and just the, the, the pain of that, um, you know, pain's all relative. I had sports, like, but like it hurt. Yeah, like 18 bad. hurt, um, but 19 just, man. That but that, was... I think 18, to, 18 played a huge role in 19 because we lost one guy, but that, like, that team was just like, yeah, all right, like, we're not doing, we're not going through that shit again. Well, I'll tell you, like, you know, because I think we all handle winning and losing differently. And, you know, I think even for my own personal maturity level from where I am today, from when I came in, you know, there's just things that we all get better at over time. But I remember taking 18, like, way too hard. Like, I didn't sleep. I don't think people realize. 18, I've never seen. When JJ hit the walk-off, mm-hmm. I wish we could pull the video. This uh, man when he ran, was running. He ran out. <laughs> then he ran out. Then he ran back. Yeah, and I, I the mean, back we have blacked out. Video. I'm telling you, I can't, I can't even, you know, I, I, I can't defend myself. Nor can I say I'm proud so of it great. because it was was so I really great. do think I blacked out. I mean, it was just one of those, <laughs> it was one of those moments. <laughs> I forgot that. It was one of those moments that uh, gotta get that video. you look back after the fact and you're like, oh, uh, I did that, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, I did. But, you know, I just. That was a good you know, one. I was, you know, I used Great, to, though. you know, you know, I, I love to, I mean, the, the bunker yeah. is a separator from yeah. the program, right? Like the dugout, mm-hmm. like, I guess it's, again, I talk about hollow ground, like that's ours to protect. Like I took that seriously, just like you guys did. And like, if you're going to be in there, like you might as well contribute. And when that ball hit the batter's eye over Mangum's glove, I was Man like, went and I think in my head I was, and that's why I was so upset the next night. I was like, huh, we're going to Omaha. Like in no way, yes. no way are we losing tomorrow. And then we did, and probably the wackiest, craziest, craziest. college baseball game to ever be played. Yeah, that we I mean, you play. just think about, you know, we were 54 outs away in 17, but we were two feet away or like, a, you know, a judgment call yeah. with a base runner away from going. And, and, and really, like, looking at how that bracket played out, hmm. maybe having a chance to win a national title in 18, like, just based really on how it shook out. And oddly enough, oh. that's the year Oregon State won it, right? Yeah, it's the mm. Oregon State want it, and so it's just you, know, you don't want to operate on like what could have happened. But I, I remember Scary. end of the year, win or lose, you always meet the day after, right? You know, mm-hmm. two o'clock or one o'clock, whatever. And um, I'm pretty sure when we lost that night, I like I laid on the couch in my office, like face down for like four hours. And I, you know, I'm, I I got no problems like saying like I I cried after that. Like yeah. I remember seeing guys really hurt, like you said it, like mm-hmm. you like seeing guys really hurting because like yeah. of how close we were in the fashion that we lost and and quite frankly like just call it what it is like we were the better team we were the better team in my opinion 100%. um they got really hot and they mm-hmm. put really well at the end but i just thought we were the more talented streak. team and i yeah. uh, think that hurt so i remember laying there i go home you know i get i get home whatever time and and you know obviously i got greatest wife in the world she's willing to put up my antics right so um get home and go to bed and get up the next day. And I, I remember the first thing I did when I got to the field was I walked down back to, you know, back to the bunker, back to the third base dugout and just sat down and just kind of like looked out at the field. I don't really know why. I just like think I wanted to like just compose myself yeah. before I went to the office and I'm sitting there for probably 15 minutes and I see Blade come walking down, see JJ come, come down foul territory. And he, he's just same old steady JJ, like, you know, Good mood, like, what's up, Brooks? Just chill. Yeah. What's up, Brooks? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. 
I'm like, I'm like, hey Jay, I'm so, I'm so pissed. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he was like, man, I just came down here to grab some wood. Like I'm, I'm leaving for, I think it was the Cape, yeah. if I remember. But he was like, you know, I just want to, just want to keep this going. You know, I just want to you know, keep getting better and, and go get my bats. And like, I don't waste any time. So I'm gonna get up there tomorrow. And so he walked in to the equipment room and got some wood bats, I think, and or whatever he was grabbing. And he, he was like, see up there? And I was like, I'll see up there. And he walks off. I remember sitting thinking like, hmm, if JJ's in a good spot coming out of last night, like I really need to like move on from this and like understand like there is a tomorrow. Like, yeah. We're going to do this again. Like, like finality, yes, yeah. but also what does the future look like? And I think I just kind of like stood up and was like, you know, almost like grow up, you know, grow up. Brooks, like yeah. get inside. Yeah. And, I, and I went in and, you know, we had the meeting and it was tough. And what happened? Like we get back up off the mat and do it again the next year. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think everybody probably has stories like that of like how it ended. But I remember JJ in a way, it's like you've got this guy who's a sophomore teaching me a lesson of like how to handle winning and losing. I've told him that story before when we were at Julian's wedding. I think mm-hmm. I told him. And, um, you know, that's one that I remember just because of how tough 18 was. But. What's uh what's some of y'all's uh favorite moments besides like the championships and, and whatnot? Some favorite moments that happened throughout the season that it's not as known. You know, it's for everybody, you know. I'm trying and to think. So I I'll I'll go first. Going, yeah. Mine would be uh Arkansas and we had Coach Franklin, James Franklin from, oh, from Penn State. Yeah. He came and I think he was there that whole weekend. He was there the whole weekend and I mean with eating dinner. Were you there that year? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, okay. So uh, we eating dinner, and he gets up. He comes in and gets ready to talk to us. And first thing he says, like, you know, want to like thank Chorus, like let me talk to you guys because he doesn't like people talk to his team. So for Chorus, like allow him to talk to us is like a big deal. And um, like just just to hear him speak and like his mannerisms and like he got me juiced up. Like just yeah. like. I'm like, oh snap, you know, okay, this this is lit. And then he goes on to talk, but just his his speaking and speech was on point, you know. And so that's probably one of my favorite moments that, you know, people, you know, not gonna hear about. But that was pretty good. He also said before he went, I think he said I don't know a damn thing. I don't know a damn yeah. thing about baseball, but like, I'll tell oh, you oh. this. And then he went off on. Yeah. 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 That was that's a good one. That's a good one. You made a good catch in left field that weekend too. Oh yeah, no, we already talked. But uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, dude, but why y'all hating? As Monroe always comes in after he makes one of those diving catches, I'd be like for the fans, and he's like for the fans. <laughs> you already know. Get a start. What's your what's your? You got a lot of moments. That was your freshman year, dog. Like that was. Damn, I do have a lot. Um, honestly, I think the biggest one for me was or there's two probably. The first one was when I hit my first home run and I came in the dugout, and like you, Boo, and Zoe were all right there fucking with me. Southeast Louisiana. Southeast Louisiana. We were by the time. I think there's yeah. a small clip of it, but y'all were all right there, and I was like, damn, like I was, I was lit. Probably that. because they were like, oh, this is a guy with like the most power on the team but doesn't know how to use it during a game. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, Bro was like, damn, about time, if about Harry, time you'll be if if Harry hit, a, hit one. If, like, ha- damn. if Harry hit a home run, he it was going 500 feet, but it was like uh, it was like seeing Mars because it only happened once or twice a year. 
Yeah, I don't even remember that, bro. Messi. I mean, I remember, I remember the whole Louisville, run. I don't remember messing Louisville, with you. Louisville, when I hit the double, you you were running at second. And I remember okay. I saw you scored, mm. and you were lit. I, I was that. like, yeah. oh, we lit right now. That shit, okay. I was I was geeked. I was geeked for that one. Yeah, that was a big swing. That was a fun game, man. That that kind of felt like it was gonna be a preview of Omaha, right? Like you almost kind of Facts. knew. That was yeah. huge. He's a, um, AJ Franklin at the end of that game too. Like, that got me fired man, up, man. AJ I was fired up. Lit, I, I saw, I saw him coming in from the book. That's probably yeah. my second favorite moment. Him coming in, from, I'm like, Brady was. That, like, I was, yeah, that was. Man, that was, got me fired up, man. Electric. To see that. That's um, what was special about that team. Like, yeah. every single person on the roster impacted the championship in some everybody way during the story. Yeah, everybody. I want to say <clears throat> that year, like, I had a. A favorite moment, but it was just the transition we made throughout the season. We kind of, you think about that fall and how difficult it was for us, and then to see us make that transition and go to the super regionals, it was it was special. Especially my 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 last been, it being my last year, even though we didn't end up going to Omaha, it was just unique to see how we came together. Because mm. in the beginning, we were kind of divided as a as a team, and then we start making the transition throughout the year and, it, and we we brought it back together and like we, we were really rolling it, it was it was it was good and i mean a lot of those guys from that team are still my good friends today it's like it doesn't take a championship for you to be proud about yeah. how a season ended right because because you're right like that, that that year could have gone off the rails completely oh, yeah. I mean, the, the emotions and just the you know, lack of depth we had that year, and I mean, just so many excuses you could make of like, well, if we don't go to a regional this year, and it's like, no, we're gonna find a way. Yeah. And like, it's always like, don't let Vanderbilt in, don't let them get hot at the mm-hmm. end, because we started and, rolling. And, and when that, you know. when those letters show up in somebody's bracket, they're like, oh shit, yeah, we went you in, said it, yeah, not yeah, me. Yeah, we but we you're right, that's what people are thinking. Yeah, that's exactly what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, heck. Clemson two years in a row you know both years Poor after man. year one they're probably just like Uh-oh. they didn't want to see us that second year and those were good all. teams and Clemson's yeah. a, a historically a great program good and back is a good friend great environment. that environment's so much fun to play in but wow. I mean right field Whew. A lot of fun. I mean it was it was you know eerie how well we played there when we went both times I mean we hit like 100 home runs in one game and Kaiser was just I mean, Kaiser was just by far one of the best balls out. single game performances. That, that, that was that was um, that's a moment for me. Just thinking about yeah. like individual performances, it was like you know Kaiser. You know Kaiser had a, a good year offensively that yeah. year, but like didn't show a ton of power. But like that game that was just right there. I mean, it was just it was incredible to see somebody kind of put a team on their back. Three it was dangers. similar to how Toffee did Three the year before. It was like somebody always had to like rise up and, on those yep. two teams. Um, and, and, you know, a guy even with, uh, you think back to 17, you and I had this conversation at Starbucks like back in the fall, but we're talking about, um, it was when we were talking about DeLay, about mm-hmm. Jason DeLay. And you think about that group and like there were some great pieces, you know, and Jaron in center and like Scotty, you know, was battling through some injuries, but was emerging. And, you know, you were kind of, you, know, you were there and left and kind of provided a steady presence, but Kaiser is short, but the outfield, or I'm sorry, the rest of the infield was kind of like, where are we going to find production? Where are you going to, but you look behind home plate. Take Jason Delay off that team. That's, it's, I don't know if that team makes a regional because nah, behind nah. that you had Scotty who had been injured but yeah. still hadn't done it every day. And you had Doovie who ended up being an incredible young, yeah. player in the program. But he'd tell you, like, he was not even where close ready to catch an SEC staff, you know, day one. Yeah. He would have gotten better as time went. But you just think about the value of a player 
like Jason Delay to that 2017 team. I don't know where we would have been without him. And to go through the whole year and catch basically every inning of every game to stay healthy, to not have to miss time, to not get hurt. <coughs> Holy cow. Yeah, he was man. in that training room religiously. No doubt. Right. And you have to be he committed to. to that. Like yeah, that's that's almost as important as, as your you know, as your as your practice yeah, like and your training would and not your prep. get to the backstop. No. no, like he would go that's weeks. The best catcher I ever seen in my weeks. life. I agree. You're like, damn, the ball hasn't got to the backstop 1, yet. One thousand percent. That's what I'm seeing. I, <laughs> I agree. We've had some really good ones. Like most, yeah. uh, most every catcher comes to the program no played professionally. Yeah, no, yeah. it is what it is. But it's not even close. What about how he would tag guys at home plate? I mean, the smoothest tagger yeah. Every, I've just, ever seen. Yeah, but just the progression is nothing. Yeah, and that's not running on him. That's not to knock anybody because I tell Phil too. Like the progression Phil made as a catcher from. 18 to 19, night we don't win the national title <laughs> without Phil behind day. home plate in 19. 100%. So it's just, you know, I think those are the stories. And like, you know, for me, like game memories, it's, it's more about just, you know, I've got a weird memory when it comes to games. I just think mm. it's something I've, I can tell you, like every win and loss for my college career, like down to like the pitch. Mm. But yeah. I think back to just all of the seasons, like I mentioned Kaiser, but that Blade moment was like a really, that, that home run in the 18 Super was was insane you know that was that was really really cool the, the home one. you know the 10 home run game or whatever it was against clemson where even even harry hit a home run so um yeah, yeah. harry got his hair big harry got uh, that harry got in there yeah. remember you, you started that game course comes down and we're eating breakfast we had a meeting and he goes you're starting this game so go ahead and shit now. <laughs> he Damn, he did wow, say that. That's a good memory. He did though. say that. Yeah. I remember he did say that. That's a good uh, memory. That's true. Remember, because that, that was, uh, was that the game that had the rain delay? We did. We were was sitting there that forever. Game? Yeah. Mm. It was one we did. I mean, like a, like a five-hour rain delay. Yeah, and I remember. I know, I know we had a, a long delay when we were in Clemson. You were not my, yeah. my senior year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not being, I'm not being, yeah. I'm not being. And no, then Kentucky, no, no. too. Actually, th that's a really good That's, that's a, a really good one. Okay, so so Kentucky, 2019. Yeah. That one, yeah, that's a really good one. We were winning, and then they, you don't remember? So we, we were, were up. winning, we were up. It was similar to A&M. It it's was another really one similar. of those, we like, just, you point back to, like, how you how you learn from losses mm -hmm. or, like, situations. So we were up big at Kentucky. It was Friday night. And, and Kentucky... If you remember, 17, 18, like 17. 17, they, like, were, unreal. they were unreal. All seniors, 18, they were unreal. 18, really good team. They had some injuries late yeah. and uh, just missed the tournament. And they lost a lot of guys. So that 19 team, uh, they were they, could, they were they had they were I think thin. like two or three. They had they had one big arm, and then I think yeah, they had a first rounder guys, he yeah, threw on Sunday. The he threw on Sunday. Then they had a couple guys in the bullpen that were all right. Yeah, but. so they they were it was not only called a rebuilding year, but in a way, kind of a rebuilding year yeah. for them. So we're, we should have gone in there and swept those guys based on what we had. Mm -hmm. now, and, the way we the were, SEC, and the way man, we were playing, because we had been sweeping everybody, too, yes, at that point. That's right. Because sweeps in the SEC, no matter how good you are, that's freaking it's, really hard to do. Gotta, but based on where, the, where we were playing, how hot we were, the matchups, you felt really like, good that, this. okay, we can sweep this, lock up the SEC with, I think, a week to go mm -hmm. or two weeks, whatever it ended up being, and uh, blow a huge lead. And I'll Gigantic. never forget because – I don't remember if it was a five-run lead, six-run lead, but there was a ball hit the center field, and they had new stadium, yeah. and the press box is kind of like gray tone, uh -huh. and the sky was also gray, and when the ball went up, DeMarco never saw it in center, and mm -hmm. so he was like camped at one point, and then he throws his hands up, and you're like, oh, no, and I think there might have been two outs, and I think runners were moving, and the ball bounced, and I think it went over his head or into the gap, and every runner scored. They tie it up, and... <clears throat> 
you're just like, wow, uh oh, this is not good. And so then lightning hits, mm-hmm. and at the time, uh, the weather protocols uh, were you had to go to your bus, yep. mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let us go anywhere inside because they, they didn't have anywhere. Not necessarily their fault, but like that was the situation. So it's pissing rain, it's lightning, and I remember saying like, hold on, we have to send our guys because you had to park the bus yeah, in the outfit. We got to send our guys to the, the left center field gate to get them there. Like, I mean, unfortunately, that's really the only way because the only other piece would have been to go to their side. You still have to go on the field. So yeah. I understood it was like you're having to weather the elements literally mm-hmm. one way or another. So guys go to the bus and you know, blow this huge lead and, you know, whatever. You didn't come to the bus. I didn't did come you? to the no, bus. None of the, the coaches were – it was just players on the bus. Yeah, so yeah. I was sitting there, me, Corbs, Bax – think brownie and i think dave i think everybody else had gone out maybe tracy campbell she might have stayed I, I don't really remember but we were on that bus for a while it was like yeah it was a while a good well, we knew there was a window to play and then um i could almost see the look in like guys eyes when you when you all got off the bus of like okay like this isn't because when we left it was like oof, like we've what have we done yeah got off as a totally different mindset and we came in and that inning was just crazy. You had that slash. The slash. You had baby. that slash. Which you, just, you don't slash, slash a thumb. Double, but you slashed. Because I think the inning started where, I don't know if it started, but EP came up and I was like, this is our guy. He's about yeah. to come through big force. He popped out third base, foul territory. I was like, ooh. And then guys just kept picking each other yep, up. Picking each other up. And you slashed. I think that maybe that tie it. That tied it. Because Scotty was on second. I slashed, tied yeah. it. And then, and then Phil, Phil hit the Phil ball. Phil hit the, the ball to the gap. And the center fielder, he was... That guy was a crazy good athlete. He and almost Phil, caught the ball. Yeah. I yeah, was he like, almost man. caught it. But that gave us the lead. And then, you know. And then after we, that, the rest of the weekend, it was. Um, Kinger shut the door, too. Yep. Kinger, Kinger shut the in. door because, like, I love Kinger. I mean, he's one of my one of my favorite guys. Like, he's another one, 17. It's like, take a player off that team. Take true freshman Kinger off the yeah. 17 team and he how he stabilized the bullpen. That year. And then in 18, you know, he was a little bit more up little, and down, but mm-hmm. he still threw some big, big, big innings. For I got him filthy. Innings. I remember he came in Arkansas against Spanberger. They, Throwing they, like they had, 95. They had that lefty. They left the Arkansas. Yes. He came in. It was like bases juice and crowd started going crazy. In, the, in 17? In 17, in 17 his freshman year. Yeah, just like came one, in. His, one of his first big moments. Yeah. And he got him to pop up yeah. straight in the infield. Yeah. And then King came in. He's like, Bro. <laughs> <laughs> he got out of a bases loaded yeah. jam against South Carolina in 17 SEC tournament mm-hmm. where bases loaded no outs. I don't remember if he came out of the pen. I'm pretty sure he did or if he got himself into it. But I remember thinking like, oh, like and it was it was we went to extras that game. Yeah. And it was like, we're, we're about to get walked off one way or another. You just don't get out of these. And he just like punchy pop up, you know, fly ball out of it. And he just comes walking off the mound like. It's almost like he was too naive to know like, what he'd done. Yeah, of but he just like he just like you know, takes his hat that's off true. and he's fist bump, fist bump and Yeah. yeah. Man, so we live in a in a world now in terms of college sports of the NIL. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think last year was the first year of them doing it or two years ago? Uh, it went into effect July one of twenty twenty one. Okay. So we're coming you. up on you know, this is year two. Year two. Mm-hmm. I got you. And so yeah, just just talk about that a little bit, and then where you stand on it, and um, just how everything is structured. Like, just run it down for yeah. people who might not know. Well, I mean, it, it's a hot button topic. We all know yeah. that everybody's got conflicting opinions on what NIL actually is and how it's impacting college athletics. 
Like I have always been for a long period of time, whether you think back to like the situation with AJ Green selling his jersey and getting mm. penalized for that or Reggie Bush, Reggie whatever. Bush. I've always been of the opinion that if there is an opportunity for student athletes to make money based on their marketability on the field, like everyone should support everyone should mm -hmm. support that. There's so much money that goes in and out of college athletics that if you're able to sign an autograph and make money, why, why should anybody stand in the way of you being able to do that? Yeah take it, you know, several years forward from a Reggie Bush type, you know, situation to where social media has become so prevalent and like you can establish justified value. You mentioned Vandy boys and social. That's one thing we know mm -hmm. that the program does very well, right? It's build the brand of the individual player within the team identity, right? Mm -hmm. By being affiliated with the program, people are naturally going to want to follow you because yep. we tell an authentic story and we feel like, that that's just like what we stick to. So we knew from an NIL standpoint, our guys should be able to have some success in that, in that realm because they are marketable Yeah, where it's all gone sideways is, and it's not right or wrong, but the rules are just not yeah. defined enough to really specify like what you would consider marketability. Right. So a player with a hundred thousand followers, like rock and lighter, when they left Vandy, they were the two most followed college baseball players of all time in history. Facts. And if they had come back to school, <laughs> which was their draft year, Jesus, they could have made a lot of money. I think we all know that. Like they could have made a lot of money. And yeah. um, you know what it's what it's evolved into is that if you have those players now, or even players coming in, is the collective piece, right? Where schools are able to to fund these collectives, where you're able to use essentially donor money to satisfy some marketing needs. Um, and I'm not, you know, I've never worked in a collective, so I don't, I don't know the ins and outs, but people are referring to it as pay to play. You know, that's what it's come down to is that you're, you're using it as almost a recruiting inducement. Mm -hmm. Now there's ways that you can justify that it's not, but until there's some kind of federal, you know, legislation around what that looks like, or the NCAA really gets their hands around how they ran it in, um, it, it's going to be problematic. It is going to be problematic. And, you know, I just, I don't look at a player making a hundred thousand dollars off, uh, you know, say a Gatorade deal because he's got a lot of followers and Gatorade wants to partner with him. Mm -hmm. The same as the lifelong, you know, university X fan who loves the program and owns a barbershop down the road. And it's like, I've got a lot of money. I'm giving you $250,000 because I want you to come to university X yeah. And then you, I want you to just tweet about my barbershop. It's like, that's not worth $250,000. We know what, yeah. we know gotcha. what that looks like. And so when it's used as an inducement, I, I just don't like it, but it is happening and the rules do allow it. So whether you like it or don't yeah. like it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, that's the it's world happening. that we're in. Anything that can, can create and add value for, you know, the player I, I, I'm all for, I always have been for, um, and it gets back to, you know, our philosophy, you know, with Vanderbilt baseball, social media was always like, how do we tell the story of the player? That's mm -hmm. all that matters. Cause we knew in time that would happen, right? We mm -hmm. knew that NIL would become a thing is like, how can we position you guys to get to a point where you can use that to your advantage? Um, and I think that's always gotta be the mindset and that'll never change how you market the players that puts them in a position to make money. And I look at it in a little bit, you know, I look at it in, in, in a way of like, it's a long game because are you willing to trade like a short-term gain, say $50,000 for the sake of, I want to go to this school because they offer me $50,000. 
to not go to this school that has a history of winning championships and putting players in the big leagues that might might quadruple my earning potential if I go there based mm -hmm. on the degree and their track record of putting players into the big leagues or to the NFL or the NBA, whatever it is. So you, I'm not going to reference any specific schools because I wouldn't do that. Everybody has their, their pros and their cons, yeah. and a lot of people do it well. But how can you – you know, you see a lot of these players that – are turning down opportunities in all sports to go to schools you're like why would they go there well nil money okay well they're never going to compete for a championship that school doesn't develop players yeah how much money could they have really gotten because it's not an nba nfl or mlb signing bonus mm -hmm. so you're trading nil money for what is a very short-sighted decision and can affect your long-term future um, you go to a place you know, that has a history of telling the player's story and building, I hate to use the term their brand, but it, it's what it is, building yeah. their brand and telling their story for them. That enables them when they leave that institution and sign professionally to command a bigger trading card deal, to command bigger marketing deals, to sign a bigger glove deal or shoe deal or whatever it is because they have more followers. They're tied to a national brand with whatever mm -hmm. that university is. And then they're going to say, I'm glad I didn't take that $10,000, you know, collective NIL deal yeah. with this school because now I made $10,000 yesterday and I'm going to make another 10000 tomorrow. Oh, I'm just throwing out figures. But yeah. that's where we're at. Uh, I don't know what your guys' opinions are on it because you didn't necessarily live through it. But that's how it feels, man. And, and a lot of it, it doesn't feel good. But it, it's where we are. Mm -hmm. I know, it's really crazy in the in the football space. Yeah, yeah. I don't, <clears throat> like I'm all for it. Like the players should get compensated for for what they what they're able to do. But I do think what you're saying that bigger schools that have more money than other schools, like you can't you can't compete against that. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be some type of regulations on it. Well, and there's no. I mean. Look, whether it's NIL, facilities, staffing, like how you feed your players, like there's, yeah. it's never, it's never has been equal and it's never going to be equal. And schools have to make choices where they invest their money. That's a big piece yeah. too. Vanderbilt and anybody else, you just have to say like, well, this is important to us. So whether it's, you know, the, the third paid assistant in college baseball, which I'm, you know, <laughs> yep. I'm, you know, it is amazing to me that we live in a day where you've got guys that don't have health insurance or somebody that can help them grow a 401k a retirement fund because we have a roster of 40 and we can't get a fourth coach onto the field. Um, I just don't, I don't understand how anyone can't see that for what it is, but like a lot of schools, same way, might not be able to afford it. They could find a way to afford it, but that would require something else suffering or having to fundraise to do it. So there are a lot of pieces of it that whether it's NIL or you know, mm -hmm. even simple things of like, how many media people can we travel on the road to help cover the team? Like the stuff's not free, right? Yeah. Like a seat on a plane, a hotel room, the meals that come associated with it, the equipment that could be taken on the trip and get damaged and have to be rebought. Like there's a lot of pieces that go into that that schools just have to ultimately decide what's most important to them. And NIL is like a, not only is it a big ticket item from a numbers perspective, mm -hmm. it requires a lot of thought on what you want it to look like for your institution. Mm -hmm. So transitioning now, so you spend four or five years at Vandy. Four, four to five years at Vandy now in a new position. Like seven, going on seven. So well, you've been there since seven, seven, seven falls. Seven falls. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Now, 16 then, yeah, but continue. Yeah. Well, in a new position now, you know, at a SL agency, 
you know, tell us about how that transition happened mm-hmm. and then just your role and what you do yeah. with the agency. Yeah, I mean, I think the agency world has always been interesting to me just because it's like a convergence. And Harry and I talked about this at, at Julian's wedding too, like convergence of all the things I'm really passionate about with inside the game, uh, but also sticks to really my roots of I just like to help the players. You know, I like to be behind the scenes and I like to figure out how can we create value for them in all these ways that, again, help them be better players. And from an agency side, um, you know, I think what I really liked about Excel um, and it kind of it all came about, you know, towards the end of the spring is just that it's a, you know, it's a full service agency. So we do everything, um, everything that can ultimately help a player get better on and off the field and, and in their lives. But it's not just baseball. So we do, uh, you know, baseball, basketball, golf, um, like Tiger Woods is a client. And mm. I think when you look at, you know, the power of the agency and the fact of all the things we do away from the sport, do football marketing, have a brands division, a properties division. Like there's just a lot of things that when you start to marry and, and kind of pair different things together, you're like, well, this can help this and this can help that and he can help her and, and so on. And you start putting it together and you're like, wow, like the strength in being able to do that can add a lot of value in a lot of areas. Um, we obviously think represent a lot of the best players in the game. And I think how much the game's changed in five years, but where it'll be in five years, I think the role um, in kind of me coming in was just more of like, okay, this is what you've done and like what your experiences have been. And when it comes to the future where we want our baseball division to go, because we've got so many talented people inside of it, it's just like, I've only ever worked in a team environment, mm-hmm. Team USA, <laughs> Vanderbilt. How can we apply some of those team ideologies and processes and procedures that help us function better and more efficiently and maybe put us in a position in five years where we got ahead of something we were being you know, proactive instead of reactive. More than anything, there's been a, just like with everything else, there's a learning curve, right? There's things yeah. you, you don't know what you don't know. And so I've, you know, if anything, I've been leaning on our staff and our agents and the people that are in the field every day to, you know, bring me up to speed on where things are at. How can I help you is kind of how I look at it. And, and, um, you know, starting to get to know some of the players, whether it's professionals or guys in minor leagues, um, big leagues, amateur clients, just trying to build relationships and figuring out just, at the end of the day where you can add value where you can help you know like this is another corbism but like titles don't matter right like it might be on your name tag on the door so i look at it just like you get somebody in the excel boat it's like that makes us better Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter you know whose client it is where they're from you know you don't put any it's not it's not about money it's like how can we add value for them because if you're adding value for them eventually it's going to come come back back to you in the end um, but if you think in those terms, I just don't think, I, I don't think that's authentic. I think people see through that. You guys have played, you guys have, yeah. you guys get that. And so, yeah, that's right. And, 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 you know, even like the ripple effect too, you think about the ripple effect of like, you know, you do things for the right reasons and like that stuff right. tends to carry forward mm-hmm. for the individual, for the group, for the team. And, um, that's the biggest piece. I really like our team. I felt really good about the people at the agency that I knew there and the ones that I talked to throughout the process and, and Corb is like, you know, leaving Vanderbilt, easily the hardest decision I've ever had to make. I mean, like, I was so shocked, man. I got that text from you, man. Yeah. What? I mean, damn. Yeah, it was emotional, right? Like, yeah, I felt you it. Know, I, I, you know, in a way, like, it's not ripe. Like, your, your identity gets wrapped up in something, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, aside from, you know, my, my faith and, and my family, like, Vanderbilt baseball, like, that was, that was just it. It's what mm-hmm. I did every day. Like, you're giving up something that, you know, you, you, 
it just becomes second nature. It's like you wake up, it's like breathing, right? It's mm -hmm. like just what you do and the routines that come along with that, the people and the comfortability. Um, became a dad this summer, which you guys know. And I think, you know, looking back at, you know, when it's time for a new challenge and you look at family and like wanting to be a dad, like, you know, I, I'm not wired to ever think like I want to work less or I want less hours or whatever. But I think the biggest thing for this is just like a little bit more flexibility in a sense of a team schedule is it's very rigid. Mm -hmm. Now there are a lot of things and like the last two months have been insane as far as travel and, and getting acclimated. But, you know, I think there's just a little bit more flexibility where it's mm -hmm. like, we don't have a game Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'll, and I'll miss that. And I'll be at a lot of the games, but at the same time, if it's raining against Evansville on a Tuesday night, it goes into a rain delay. <laughs> I'm not having to go sit in the office and wait on you guys. I'm like, I'll see you. So, yeah. um, you know, just that. And, and, you know, like, and being able to bring Maverick, like, with me to games and just, yeah. you know, yeah. things like that, that um, it was just, um, in a way, it was just, it felt like the opportunity and the people that were associated with the opportunity and, and you know, kind of how Corbs helped guide me through that you know, because I wanted his feedback. I wanted his opinion on things, and he was so good. Um, helped me, you know, with the clarity I needed mm -hmm. to get to a place of like, is this the right thing? Um, but uh, it's been it's been awesome. It's been a learning experience, and and I'm loving it. I'm love the people, but um, you know, thankful for the opportunity. But at the same time, like you know, still being here in Nashville, and like yeah. I'm I'm really I'm really excited to still be around the people that you know, call it what it is. And everybody says like, Oh, family, family, like Vanderbilt baseball. Like this is my family. Like you guys are my brothers. Like Corbin's like a second dad to me. And to think about, like, I remember walking out of there with my stuff and like closing my office door and being like, this Damn. is the weirdest thing I've ever done. But it was the right step for, for our family and, and Lauren and, and, uh, and it's been good. And it's been a lot of fun. And I think it'll only continue to get better. Hell yeah, man. Uh, Clutch Brooks, man. Vandy plays Georgia Tech in a regional, I believe, the 2021. And, you know, speaking on family, I hit up Brooks probably like the day before, you know. Like you always do. <laughs> the day before, but hey, man. Because I, I always see who was pitching. And I saw last from hey, bro, I, I need Jumbo. a ticket. <laughs> always last minute with everybody. I need a ticket. I said, but I framed it like, hey, Brooks, I know, brutal. You know, trying try to use the yeah. words, you know. He's already selling. He Brutal. should be an agent. You, you know, I'm it. like, hey, man, like, it might be tough, but I need a ticket, though. I was like, boo, you're killing me, dog. You're killing me. <laughs> Let me see what I can do, you know. And then he got me with the ticket, dog. Mm -hmm. Good. Sitting almost right behind, right behind third base, man. Yeah. You probably yeah. weren't the only one, though. Huh? You probably weren't the only one needed a ticket. I know everybody hitting you up, you yeah. know, trying to get a ticket. Yeah. You know? Before you get out of here, um... What advice would you have for just athletes in general? Because you have a unique journey, and everybody think whatever sport they play, they're gonna make it to the highest level. But percentages show it's probably not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to them? I think sports in general doesn't matter. I, I think just use baseball as an example, right? Like, what sport? do you can you go for four or four strikeouts and just have to get up and do it again the next day it's really the only sport and i think what baseball specifically and, and a lot of sports just really can teach you or just it is so parallel to the game of life yeah. which is so much more important so um, leadership and like what it turns you into as as a boyfriend as a husband as a father as a mother 
as a wife. Like I, I just think like all of those pieces you can take away from playing sports. And if you're not, when you're 15, 16 years old, you're not thinking about it in those terms. But I do think when you get to the end of your career, and it's why I think like in the classroom, like what we write down, you know, in your individual binders is so important because, you know, Tony Kemp and I have talked about this a lot, but like even for me, on my last few days there, like I went back and like I wanted to remember some things we had talked about like the first fall and the mm-hmm. second fall and that I just wanted to remember kind of on my way out that I always have. Yeah. But the more that you can like write that stuff down and be able to look back on when you're in a tough spot, maybe in marriage, when you're in a tough spot in a situation with a friend or as a dad one day, you can be like, hey, I've been through this. Now, it won't be as equatable as like father, son to teammate but how you approach something, how you communicated it, how you stood up for what was right, even when it might've impacted and gotten somebody in trouble, but like you did the right thing for your team in the right moment. Like those are the pieces that if you're not thinking about how they can help you as whatever you wanna do in the future, as a professional athlete, the workforce, or you know, just as a mom or a dad or a friend, you're missing the whole point of what sports can teach you, in my opinion. And it took me a long time to realize that, but I also understand like from where I've come from and like the journey of, you know, my college teammates are, they were all the groomsmen in my wedding. They're my best friends. But I think about all the situations that, and they would tell you like, oh, he hadn't changed that much, but there's a lot of things that I went through with them that I apply every day. I apply every day now. And, and, um, you know, I, I, not gonna get emotional about it, but I told Corbs on the way out, you know, I wrote him a letter and, and, um, you know, like the one thing I think summing up with this, like, what do we always do at Vanderbilt, right? Like call it eyewash, call whatever the heck you want. We leave it better than we found it. We leave it better than we found it. Mm-hmm. I did not always live my life that way. Certainly not in high school and to a point in college. But when you, again, person at the top that is always leading, always doing the right thing, visibly and not visibly mm. is leaving it better than he found it. I'm going to do it too. That's why I held you guys accountable. That's why I hold our staff accountable. And at the end of the day, and this is not, you know, this is the truth. You know, when Lauren and I kind of put Mav down to bed every night, say his prayers and like kind of just tell him we love and all those things. Like it's the last thing I say to him, you're going to leave it better than you found it. And he's six mm. months old, but I tell him that every night, you're going to mm. leave it better than you found it. And where did I learn that? Yeah. Learn that yeah. in sports. Yeah. I learned that in sports. Damn. And I think to me, that's um, one of many lessons that you, know, you learn from Corbs over the years. But uh, there's so many you, you probably don't even realize you're learning that you look back and you're like, oh, I already knew that. Yeah. I just hadn't tapped into it. But I've run across the situation or that, that type of person or how I should handle that before. I know how to do it because of sport. And it's more than a game because it is teaching you about life. Mm. That's real. Hey, man. <laughs> Nuggets. Amen, brother. Amen. Wow. <laughs> there it is, man. Me. Brooks Webb, appreciate you, man, for coming by and spending some game to us and just uh just rapping with us. Uh enjoyed it thoroughly. You know, what's the Instagram? Your Instagram? Brooks W four four, I think Brooks is the w44. is the handle. But uh go ahead, follow them. Yeah, so, uh, if you want. Not that they not that they need it, but top athletes and I think uh, all sports, you know, SO agency coming after you, man. You got a guy like this, you know, like, come you on, man. Go ahead, go ahead and put that pen to paper. <laughs> but uh, like, comment, yeah. subscribe, all that, and we'll see you on the next time. Yeah, love you guys. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Appreciate, Appreciate it, you. Yeah. Hey, you too, dog.